Hey guys, have fun recording without me tonight. I'm sorry I couldn't be with you. I'm out here doing important whiskey business, but also don't fuck it up. And hey, lovely listeners, if they do fuck it up, I want you to let me know. Send me a message on Instagram with Sailor Retro and tell me how bad these guys did. Just kidding. I love you guys. I know you'll do great. And hopefully I'll still have a job when I come back. another episode of metal rock whiskey i am not sailor and you bet your ass it's about to get really freaking heavy tonight so we've long joked around that if sailor our beloved sailor has ever missed an episode. We do a Jake over, and the day is here, listeners. Indeed, it Jake. is. Jake, yes, Jake. Do you want to explain to them what the hell is going on here? So it, it, it will come to no surprise for anybody that's listened to these episodes before that uh, Sailor and I often butt heads on on what styles of music we like, and, and we're both very passionate about it. And uh, I, I tend to like really heavy stuff and she tends to maybe not like some of the newer heavy stuff that that i like and every time i've presented one of those bands she does her her verbalization of the puke emoji to me and so uh, <laughs> she basically said that uh that we could do one of these recordings uh when she's not around so here we go yeah and that as we said you know sailor is not able to record tonight so it is just jake Ed and myself. And uh, speaking of Sailor, Ed, will you please fill the listeners in on where she is tonight, missing this recording? All right, when the cat's away. All right, so, um, <laughs> guys, you know, I I don't know if she told you anything, um, but I yeah. felt like I owed it to you and our listeners to tell you the real story of um, where she's at. Um I hope this doesn't affect future recordings, but um, she did actually become a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and oh. um, <laughs> mm. you know they all they all require mission mission trips, um, and so she's currently oh. on the mission trip to Uruguay. Wow! Um, so she'll be there country. for a while. Yeah. You know, so that's, wow. yeah, that's uh, that's very interesting, Ed, because. She told me a completely different story than what yes. she told Yeah, I you. figured she might. Yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, same here. I mean, I know that in her <laughs> in her area tonight, there is actually a huge event happening. Uh, it is the annual Axel Rose Appreciation Gala. 
Oh, yeah, black, yeah, black tie affair. Well, that's got to um, be a cover story. Yeah, and oh, come on, man. yeah, I mean, and what I heard through the grapevine—I don't know if this is true. We could check our sources, but all right, I heard the first thousand guests receive a free buck axe. Oh no way! That's awesome. Yeah, hey, you yeah. can you can cut nice. a lot of cake with a buck axe. You can cut a lot of cake with a buck axe. Yes. Well, that's oh, what I, she told me. Oh. I can't. I, wow, she really confided in you. With yeah, that. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> that's com- that's totally. I mean, both of your guys' stories are are really fantastic. But that that's not what she told me either. What? She really? Actually, she yeah, she you? told me that she was uh, she was driving up to New Hampshire for uh, it, it's a, a an event sponsored by Tinder, and it's a furry convention. <laughs> really. <laughs> Yes, you guys have heard of furries. It's, you know, it's yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Enjoy dressing up as uh, in, in animal costumes in order um, for you know erotic pleasure and and yeah, you know, that's what she told me. So what, what what's her um, what's her fursona? I, I think she was a panda. Panda, oh. interesting. Yeah, I can see that. Huh. All I right. I don't know if it, I don't know if it had any connection to like hmm. the. Uh, the panda from South Park, if if you know she really connected there, and or maybe know. like Kung Fu Panda, maybe she Kung, really liked Kung that movie. Kung Fu, yeah, you know? that's that pretty badass. Be. Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait until the next episode yeah. and, and get get the story straight. Maybe we can, maybe we can get a straight answer from her next week. Huh? Maybe as to what's going on here? But she until gave us then, around indeed. Yeah. Until then, um, <laughs> listeners, maybe we should get on with the show. Um, on this show. We typically compare two albums from one artist against each other. We discuss, usually argue, and very professionally debate the merits. And in the end, only one album or artist reigns supreme. That is right, Ed. And tonight, we will be discussing the one, the only, one of my absolute, I mean, top five favorite bands all time, The Lamb of God. Yeah, and something else that is equally important to the three of us, and Sailor as well, obviously. We are all whiskey freaks, and on this show, we not only drink large amounts of whiskey, but we also talk about it in detail. Each show, one of us pairs a whiskey with the theme of that show, and tonight, Jake and I, we really cannot wait to hear what Ed has in the store for this one. No, I've got a good one. Oh, this is going to be great. I already I already know this is going to be great. <laughs> Well, in the meantime, Matt, what are you drinking? Uh, well, tonight I went with a solid, solid pick, um, drinking Evan Williams, just plain black label. Nice. Uh, I think, Ed, I think you said on a previous episode that it is your your house bourbon. Yes, or one of your house is. Bourbons. That's always a good go-to. Man, it is so consistent. Yep. So delicious. Big caramel bomb, toffee bomb. Mm-hmm. It's just great price point. Uh, oh also, yeah, so Cannot great beat selling it. point. It's an easy drinker um, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know this and this and the white label bottle and bond are just to die for. Absolutely. Yeah, they they really uh, they they're really underrated as as far as uh, how actually pleasing their bottom shelf bourbons are. Mm-hmm. With with the black and white labels coming in at under twenty bucks, but they I mean. They they knock the socks off of your standard white label Jim Beam. I mean, oh definitely, that's swill. That's absolute swill. Swill. To no, not even Williams. close. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> not even close. <laughs> well, I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking some Rebel Yell uh, 
single barrel 10 year um, oh, over the past couple nice. of years. Uh, the last two releases, and obviously it's a single barrel, so everyone varies. And I've got, I think, four different single barrel, uh, different barrel numbers, and they've all just been fantastic. I love this stuff. It's a, it's a weeder rumored to also be out of Heaven Hill, so more than likely it's, uh, it's probably 10-year larceny is my guess. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, I don't know if it's sourced or contract distilled, you know, there's a a little bit of a variation between those definitions, but, uh, it's, it's sourced for, uh, for Luxco out of St. Louis. They do, uh, a few others. I think actually in the last episode, Sailor talked about, uh, Blood Oath, which is another, uh, Luxco product. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely nothing like the bottom shelf Rebel Yell. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and because of the last two years releases and how delicious they were i'm starting to see the price on this creep up a little bit this year <laughs> yeah unfortunately was, so they're gouging it a little bit yeah that was disappointing the 20 so it's a 2015 uh bottling that came out in 2016 um was the msrp was like 50 bucks yep and then i don't know if every state did this but you know michigan were a a semi-controlled state so there's a state minimum msrp um and it bumped up to like 70 bucks in mm-hmm. 2017 mm. i was really just you know i after after having it in 2016 as soon as i saw it hit the shelves man i i went into it. went yeah. into my store and grab you know hey grab i'll, I'll take all you got <laughs> and yeah. have, go up to the counter and he tells me the price i'm like whoa no 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 <laughs> what's what's the what's the price on that because i mean it was you know one my my regular places that is a, a state minimum store too so it wasn't like they jacked it up and yeah that was shocking. i mean i've seen it i've seen it between 80 and 90 in new oh, jersey yeah. yeah oh yeah easy easy how about you ed what are you drinking well as many of my um my whiskey friends um the ones who know me pretty well anyway know i have always talked in the past about eagle rare how i've not been a fan of eagle rare since i first tried it it's a Mm -hmm. bourbon i really want to like and so i've got my bottle and every i'd say what few months i come back to it and take another drink just to see what i think um and tonight i'm doing it again (laughs) so what do you think i i will do this live right now and tell you what i think here he is so on the nose Nosing. Mm, getting some nice um, little caramel. Very pleasing on the nose. I'm really liking it right now. Um, the nose is nothing like what I remember the taste being like before. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Let's give it a taste. Still fairly astringent. Not quite as off-putting as i remember it a little bit how long, um, how long has that bottle been open uh it's been some time gosh right? probably i'd say six months to eight months maybe okay now do you like other buffalo trace mash bill one offerings like the standard buffalo trace and eh um, well i believe on one of the previous uh, recent previous episodes i had the bowman brothers one which you said was was that the mash bill? 
Yeah, but it's one. like tr- like triple distilled or something. Okay, because I remember so really enjoying is, that one. Yeah, it's um, the same Mashville, but it's definitely going to have a different flavor. But yeah, um, still picking up a lot of a lot of charcoal on this, like that was before. Again, so w- again was one of the uh, the notes on there that was kind of off putting to me was like this very strong, like chewing on a a briquette kind hmm. of a flavor. I'm still getting that, so I'm yeah, afraid it's not quite there for me yet. Would you say that that uh, would you even go as far as to describe it as somewhat earthy? Um, are you hearing Jake, Matt? Because he just froze no. for me. No, he just froze. Whoa, that was weird. <laughs> so. I hopefully I can edit this. Okay, Jake just had a blue screen of death on his my, laptop. My computer so... just shut down immediately, right? Right as I was. Uh, so so where where I was, I assume you guys kind of shut down right right where. I mean, I was right in the middle of of saying I do collect the Eagle Rare single barrels, and and some of the ones that I get have like a funk, like an earthy funk about them. Yeah. Almost like uh, if you were to smell, like, because the reason why it brought this thought to mind is sometimes it gives the aroma of like your grill the next day. So that's kind of where, and it's kind of has that like muddy, earthy funk about it sometimes. So hmm. I don't know if maybe that's what you were getting towards that like chewing on a briquette kind of thing. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely chark, uh, you, you know, like I'm yeah. licking the inside of the barrel, you know. That chart, that chart, uh, that chart oak. Well, that sounds I think, delicious. I think, I think that's what I love about it. <laughs> I, I think that's what I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, so. I, I'm, I love that char. I love that. Okay. Well, yeah, I can see if you're a fan of that taste, then man, this would be a fantastic yeah. pour. That's for certain. But yeah, I'm. Well, I'll keep uh, keep coming back to it, and eventually I'll make work my way through just, the bottle. Yeah, just keep going back to it till it's gone. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Or or do what I do with. Uh, I've done that on the show a few times. The the single barrel uh, select picks that I don't necessarily love. When we mm-hmm. go to break to pee, and I've already had a few drinks, sometimes I'll just grab that bottle since I already at that point can't really taste it that well. There you and I'll go. I'll polish those off when I'm already drunk. There you go. <laughs> or I could just use it as a starter for a really crappy Infinity bottle. There you go. Hey, who knows? It might 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 make a great base for one. Never know. All right. Well, so so uh, so Sailor, do you have some rock and metal news for us before we get started tonight? Um. Oh, hmm. Sailor's not here. My bad. So. <laughs> so yeah. So news. Yeah. We're not gonna do news tonight. That's you know what. Sailor does it too well. I'm not gonna try to live up to that. Yeah, and by so the time this do. episode comes out, it's going to be old news anyway. <laughs> so yeah. news. That's the news. Sailor's not here. That's the <laughs> yeah, news. The, the, <laughs> news the, the real news that everybody's going to want to know is is what of our three stories is actually true about yeah. where Sailor is tonight. I smell a poll question. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. The poll master has spoken. <laughs> yes. Maybe, oh, uh, no. I was going to say maybe, maybe the uh, the fourth option uh, should involve Lars in some way. That's like, she, uh, 
she uh, <laughs> arranged a clandestine rendezvous with uh, <laughs> Lars. <laughs> Truck stop rendezvous. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, uh, so, anyways, well, Ed, uh, yes. let's just go right in. I I, I can't wait any longer. <clears throat> All let's, right, let's hear this whiskey segment. Okay, well, you listeners don't know this, but you guys do. Um, being that I am, or I was, admittedly not too familiar with um, Lamb of God going into this episode, I at first I found the task of whiskey pairing a little daunting, to say the least. Um, okay. But guys, I have to admit. I think I've nailed it, seriously, because of my mm-hmm. unfamiliarity with the band. I got my had to get my inspiration from their title, "Lamb of God." Now, a lamb, by definition, <laughs> is a young sheep, less than a by... year old. So, <laughs> so for tonight's whiskey pairing, I give you sheep dip. What? Oh, nice. Blended a blended scotch sheep, whiskey sheep dip? inspire sheep dip. Oh, sheep dip. Oh, yeah. yeah. There is a, there is a meaning yeah. behind the name. Sheep dip. <laughs> yeah. A blended scotch whiskey inspired by the illicit distilling practiced by farmers of old. Sheep dip marries together 16 single malt whiskeys in an enigmatically refined blended malt that packs plenty of punch. The distillery uses a blend of malt whiskeys, each aged in the finest quality first fill, wooden barrels for between 8 and 21 years. Each malt contributes unique characteristics to produce the exceptional, multi-award winning Sheep Dip, blended malt malt scotch whiskey. And sure, I wrote all about myself. Um, (laughs) You should be a PR person for a distillery, Ed. Yeah, sheep, it sounds for like sheep it, dip. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, have it, have you heard of this sheep dip? It sounds like you have. I have actually. Funny story about that. It that style of scotch, which is blended malt, it is different than blended scotch. Um, you know, it's not super popular. I mean, like Johnny Walker, some of their higher end expressions are blended malts they're not blended um but you know we we used to at my store we used to stock that all the time and people stopped buying it so we discontinued it and i got reamed out one day by an old timer that came in looking for it and he's like you had this for 20 years and now you don't have it anymore so he's still a regular purchaser of that but um i haven't tasted it myself to uh see if it's actually worth the buy all right. Well, but, Ed. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. That was uh, I I, I mean, I, I was my not brain thinking was racing, that at all. Yeah. My brain was racing <laughs> as to what what could Ed possibly pair here, and I've never even heard of uh of sheep's dip, or of she or or of a beverage called sheep's dick. I've never yeah. heard of that one either. <laughs> and for those of you who did not know that a lamb was a baby sheep. <laughs> Thank you for the zoology lesson. <laughs> You're welcome. Always glad to drop a little knowledge on our listeners. Multi-talented Ed. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like we're going to go watch, like, Babe the Pig. Next. <laughs> He's a sheep pig. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so what the hell are we talking about? Well, let's get in yeah. to listening to some Lamb of God. 
or talking about it, that is. <clears throat> Give a since I'm I'm doing the, the timeline tonight, and I it is handwritten. <clears throat> of course. Yeah, we can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Lamb of God originally started in nineteen ninety four as Burn the Priest, but after some personnel changes they decided to rename the band to Lamb of God. The lineup for the latter mentioned Lamb of God includes vocalist Randy Blythe, guitarist Mark Morton and Willie Adler, bassist John Campbell, and the amazing drummer Chris Adler. <laughs> Had to add that. They've put out seven studio albums as Lamb of God and two, and two albums as the aforementioned Burn the Priest. The Lamb of God albums are as follows. New American Gospel in 2000, As the Palaces Burn in 03, Ashes of the Wake in 04, Sacrament in 06, Wrath in 09, Resolution in 2012, and 7, Sturm und Drang in 2015. I think I said that correctly. Probably not. <clears throat> Just say 7. <laughs> Just say Ro- Roman numeral 7. Roman numeral 7. Yeah. <clears throat> so the band is said to currently be on hiatus after long legal battles involving the death of a concert goer after Blythe allegedly pushed him from the stage, causing fatal injury. Ooh. <clears throat> uh, it, it's said, actually, that the, the lyrics for the 2015 7 album were written by Blythe while he was incarcerated, uh, which is really interesting. I, I had heard that album before I knew that and then went back and listened to it, and it... It definitely listens different after after thinking about that. <clears throat> Excuse me, but so even though they're on hiatus in around twenty second of January of this year, twenty eighteen, they did announce that they were going to be part of the Slayer farewell tour. Uh, very interesting. Yes. Uh, at least there will be one good band on that tour. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shots fired. Yeah. And, uh, and also on, on March 22nd of this year, they also announced that they were going to release a cover album titled Legion. I assume it's, again, use of Roman numeral uh, XX for 20, being that uh, it's going to be under the name Burn the Priest, and it's 20 years after their last Burn the Priest album uh i assume it's you know legion 20 and not legion double x i don't know why they would make it double x it seems a little weird but yeah i assume that's what that is um so i'm not going to be take up too much time with that but there's a little bit of background to get the discussion started so let's get it started all right Ed, you know all right uh... i would add Ed, I think I would like to hear the Lamb of God rookie perspective first. <clears throat> yes. The rookie perspective. Just, just a little back. So just real quick, just a little background. So this is actually, you know, a battle episode. I know that, you know, we do that typically it's this and sometimes it's not. This is actually going to be a battle episode, but we are going to talk a little bit about Lamb of God as a whole before we battle Ashes of the Wake versus Sacrament. So just a little overview discussion uh, on the band in general, Ed. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, I definitely have um, a few things to say about this band. Um, it, in some ways, 
I feel like I've kind of I've listened to many of their songs over the course of a few days, and so the relationship I've developed with listening to this song, these their songs, kind of almost reminds me of my relationship with Eagle Rare. Something I really want to like. On paper, it seems like it would be right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> but, but there's that but. big but there. Um, and man, I tell you what, honestly, I'm really, I'm really kind of pissed because Lamb of God could be one of my favorite bands, favorite metal bands, if it weren't for one thing: the freaking vocals. I okay. mean. It's like if you gave me a perfectly cooked and seasoned New York steak strip steak and then garnished it with a cat turd on top. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Oh, you just called Randy Blythe a cat turd. (laughs) I mean, how could a band make such awesome music and then crap all over it with such a bad lead singer? Oh, my goodness. I am. You know what? I'm thinking I could do is cut myself an album, just cut out the intros. And the guitar solos of all their songs, and then string them together, and I'd be happy. So, mm. real quick question, real quick question for you, just just to maybe get uh, a perspective, you know, like a compass mark. Are there any bands with uh, with scream vocals, or you know, any scream vocal uh, vocalists that that you do like? Uh, yes, <clears throat> Unleash the Archers. Because they only do it in okay. very limited quantity. Extremely and, limited quantity, though. And it is yeah. it is done well. I can take it in very small doses. So you, you like the scream for emphasis in a song. <clears throat> yes. More than as, as like an ac- song Almost itself. like an accent, I suppose. Yep. Um, but as the constant, constant sure. screaming, I, not, ju- I not just can't get, take yeah. it. It's just not... Not to get super super technical i wouldn't necessarily call blythe i wouldn't call him a screamer per se i wouldn't either. I mean, yeah i mean there I was, are there are instances in their okay. catalog yes. well uh, yeah, how would you yeah. describe it then more of a growler okay or, well i don't yeah, like growlers yeah. then or grunter we'll say that yeah. okay but so you, you just don't like it in general i specifically use because uh, a, a lot of people that maybe you know don't look at the kind of the sub types of yeah that's why i prefaced it vocalizing yeah yeah yeah. so (laughs) no i i definitely consider uh consider blythe a a growler and i tend to like growlers over over screamers me too and i mean the music (laughs) the musicianship is is amazing i mean i love the guitars i love the drums but when his voice comes in they just lose me completely you know and (sighs) i i just can't handle it that's funny because that's that's a hang up that I have very often um, with with other uh, bands in that genre where where I, I love absolutely love the music and and just really can't stand I, I can't do you know a lot of guys in that kind of, in that style will use like that the PVC pipe or the monotone mm-hmm. kind of growl I can't do that. Uh, um, I mean, that was one of the biggest problems I had with Slayer, other than the repetitiveness. Yeah, none. You know, I, I, so. you know, I, I was going to avoid bringing up Slayer because I don't want people to just think I'm constantly bashing on Slayer. But I, I said that in that in that episode that I really liked him as as a musical band, 
I mean, I, I maybe would have liked a little more variation, but you know, there was a lot there that I really enjoyed. Yeah. I just, yeah. I didn't, I really didn't enjoy that, uh, lead vocalist style. Um, so I, you know, I get that for sure. Well, there is ingrained in this band there. When I, when I listen to them, I do hear some Slayer in, in this band as much as you don't want to hear that, but I, that's what I hear. There are some aspects they're, of some of their songs that they are absolutely yeah. influenced by Slayer. Yeah, yeah. I would There's never no knock anyone for liking the band any more than I would knock anyone for liking Eagle Rare. You know, it's just their taste. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not mine, but whatever. I actually have a I have a quote. Um, I mean, I guess I could have saved this uh, for when we talk about Ashes of the Wake, but since we are talking about specifically, um, maybe that that style of, of vocalist. Um, this is a quote by, uh, by Johnny Loftus of, of all music. Um, when he was talking about ashes of the wake and he says with, with the genre getting clogged by PVC goofs and Alice and chain chains impersonators, lamb of God balances the equation of power, rage, tradition, and craft. It kills the filler. So I thought that was interesting. Cause I, uh, that's something that I do absolutely. I have other other you know buddies of mine that love love this style of music, and they'll show me uh, they'll show me vocalists that use the PVC style or that like I said that that monotone and and it, it so, kills me. Uh, so the PVC style, I've never heard that term before, um, but I, I prob- I'm sure I've probably heard it. But can you? What's an example of that? Just so I kind of know. Literally literally putting a PVC pipe on the microphone and it gives like a real, uh, almost like hollowy echo to the vocal. It makes it sound, I guess it makes it sound more industrial maybe. Okay. If that's a proper way to like describe it. What bands normally <clears throat> um, think of any? Uh, sorry, I don't want to put you on the spot I'm trying here. To think. But... Fear Factory, I think you st- Maybe on at least one of their albums did that. That's one. That's one band for me that I love their music and I can't stand their their lead vocalist. Um, but it seems like that was one that really stuck out in my mind through the years that I just couldn't get past. Okay. That. Yeah, that we don't style. have to spend too much time on it. I just had never heard that term before and didn't know what it was. You know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about when I say PVC, that plastic pipe. Yeah. Plumbing. Yeah, plumbing. okay. But you know, I just never. He, he knows laser. what the he knows what the I pipe what is. He just doesn't know how it's used. Yes. Well, yeah. But, some, but uh, somebody out there, somebody out there, maybe did <laughs> clear that up for me. All right, get all our bases covered here. There you go. Uh, I, I one thing I will say about this band, they are important. Um, when you're talking about the timeline of metal and hard music, uh, I guess what we would call a new wave of metal. Uh, post, I guess I would say post Corn, and maybe Pantera, <laughs> um, starting in you know 2000, I guess when their first album was released, um, and that whole group of bands that came with them during that time period, bands like Trivium, um, you know Mastodon, Bullet for My Valentine, bands like that, um, sort of ushered in the next generation of metal. Um, so to that point, they're extremely important. Um, and you know, I remember the first time that I actually heard them, I was in college and, uh, had a buddy of mine and it was actually a fraternity brother of mine. Um, it was freshman year of college and I heard ashes of the wake for the first time and I was completely blown away, completely blown away. Um, so, you know, going back and researching for this episode brought back a lot of 
cool memories of them. Um, I do have kind of a funny story. Um, I was telling Ed, uh, Jake, while you were having um, technical your, your technical difficulties, <laughs> yes. Uh, I've seen Lamb of God once, uh, and it was 2009, I think. They were opening for Metallica. And I saw Metallica six times on that tour. So it was either in Jersey or at MSG. And I was excited to see them just as much as I was excited to see Metallica. So they come out a little bit past when they were due to come out. And they all come out, all five of them, really slow. They got (laughs) big red solo cups in their hands, drinking, coming up on the stage. (laughs) And, you know, Metallica, when they do their arena shows, they do it in the round. So they got the drum set up on one side. And, you know, they start playing, and they were just out of tune, and (laughs) (laughs) and they didn't move around a lot. I mean, there were fans on certain sides of the stage that didn't really get a show. And I was like, wow, it's kind of a disappointment. But they were probably hitting the bottle pretty early and pretty hard that night. So that's my live Lamb of God story. Which is crazy because uh, yeah. they've won they've won several international awards for you know best live band. I mean they're they're yeah. legendary as a live band. Exactly. I mean, I don't especially know. Yeah. their mosh pit is I mean YouTube legendary. What happens when you mean you guys, did you guys watch that at all or have you seen that where they do the mosh pit crash? No, no. I've heard I've heard about it. Yeah. What do they do? Watch to the listeners. Check this out on YouTube. Um, just honestly, if, if you YouTube like Lamb of God mosh pit, you're gonna see this. So I'm I'm blanking on the song. I can't remember what song it is. But there's a specific song where they essentially part the mosh pit like the Red Sea, mm-hmm. and there's this just void space. And at this specific point in the song. The two sides of the mosh pit just crash together like a Viking battle. I believe the, it is. The, it's called insane. the Wall of Death. I believe yes. oh is the term for it. Yeah, <clears throat> I would never want to be a part of that. that. Sounds no. uh, dangerous, <laughs> to say the yeah. least. Yeah, big time, Matt. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back a point because I, I wrote down a few quotes as I was uh, <clears throat> excuse me as I was studying for this and uh, you talking about the kind of post Pantera uh, situation and this this mm-hmm. quote quote ties right into it and it's uh again uh from all music but from from the writer patrick kennedy on this one and and he said uh, the essential signatures of post pantera metal are in abundance in lamb of god's inaugural album new american gospel provides a mighty oak upon which gritty american metals faith is maintained effectively bridging the 90s insistence upon drill sergeant technic technicality and the old school's determined focus on riff construction. I thought that was that's a really cool way of very saying. Very good, yeah. You know, because that's what it was. I mean, you know, 90s metal was all about the riff. And and you can see the progression through 90s metal on the on that, you know, that technicality of, you know, time signature and being really sharp uh, with the, the, the guitars and the drums. And I, yeah, I and that I think, was really cool. And I think you have to draw that line at Pantera, because I think that yeah. they are, yeah, because I mean, you can't do it at Metallica because they changed their sound yep. completely. So I think that line, and he's completely right, he's 100% right. I think Pantera and, you know, Korn, they're different, but they're kind of in that group also, I think. I, you know, in, in, in my reading for this, Korn was another one of the bands that was kind of brought up in that time frame because uh, they toured, they did a lot of the same tours, mm-hmm. uh, Lamb of God, Korn, um, Gosh, what were some of the other? Uh, Kill Switch Engage. That might mm-hmm. be one, Ed, um, if you're looking for another band that maybe has elements of Lamb of God, but maybe isn't isn't growl or scream the whole time. 
there's some great Kill Switch Engage albums that that do a really uh, a really nice blend of singing and and growling, screaming. Stuff okay. Like that. Yeah, I'd now that guy's that. got that. Yeah, that guy's voice. Vocal <laughs> range. Man. Yeah, it's got some yeah. vocal range. Yeah, sure. All right, cool. So, quick, just a quick kind of talk about some of the other albums that aren't Ashes of the Wake and Sacrament. I got into I got into Lamb of God. Um, I'm gonna say it was right around uh, 2000. It must have been like 2004. Four, three or four, right in there. Um, my closest friend uh, was off fighting in Iraq, and and when he came home, it was kind of you gotta. I mean, he and I we played in a band together growing up, and uh, we were both huge Pantera, Metallica fans. Loved, you know, discovering new metal metal bands, and and he was the one. He's like, dude, you gotta check this band out. They're awesome. Some guys in my you know, and my company were listening to him, got me tipped to him. And I just, I mean, I, I loved it from the first moment I heard it. I thought it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily love, <clears throat> I don't, I don't love the burn the priest album. I, there's, there's elements of it that I really do like. Um, even new American gospel is one that is, it's not one of my favorites. It probably falls closer to the bottom of albums for me. But then when you get into, <clears throat> excuse me, as the palaces burn, oh man, <laughs> that's where they started to really crush it for me. And they had that stretch of uh, palaces burn into ashes of the wake, into sacrament, and then into wrath. And wrath in two thousand nine, that was another one where it was like, as the palaces burn <clears throat> was like an awesome transition album into ashes of the way and then wrath there's songs on that album that are as good as any of the songs that they've ever done but as an album it's probably my sixth favorite fifth or probably like fifth favorite album you know as a whole but uh but man like uh broken hands on that album on wrath it's just it, that that song's a great representation to me of of what I love best about Lamb of God is that they have awesome riff. Technically, they're brilliant, mm-hmm. and man, they can throw a breakdown that'll just make you want to run through a wall. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, if you know playing playing sports through high school and in the '90s, Pantera was my gym music. In the 2000s, after high school, working out. Lamb of God Lamb of was God. my gym music. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can see that. I could definitely see that. Man, you put that on and and it, you could you felt like you could you could throw a barbell through a window. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you you know I think this could have been an, a three way battle between you know Ashes, Sacrament, and and Wrath, but uh, yeah, I could only pick two. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and and that was I, when I texted you guys about uh, what two albums. I was almost hoping for, you know, a little bit more of an argument because I was really torn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, those four albums are, are that great to me. But at the end of the day, I felt like Ashes and Sacrament really stood out more than and than the than the others. Yeah, listening to these, I can I can understand why, because uh, I'm looking at the two uh, the track list from both these albums, 
and some of the songs that really really stood out to me i thought as some of the more outstanding songs are on both of these albums so why don't we talk about specifically um ashes of the wake let's let's take a quick break refill our glasses and then we'll get right into ashes of the wake how about that sounds good sounds good all right Alright, now that we're back from that uh, refilling slash emptying our bladders break. <laughs> um, refill the glass, refill refill the glass, glass empty, empty the bladder. Bladder. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Um, I believe we are going to start discussing Ashes of the Wake. Indeed. Matt, you want to kick things off? Sure, I will. Um, so, like I said before the break... Um, this was the first Lamb of God album that I had listened to. Um, and as I had mentioned on, I think it was all the way back on our intro show, I binge listen to stuff, man. When I first hear it and I like it, I'm been, the same way. I mm-hmm. binge listen the fuck out of it. Yep. Um, so for a solid, I guess it would be two years between this album and the next album we'll be talking about, I binge listen to this nonstop and... You know, you get away from it, you, you you listen to new bands, you're introduced to new music, and going back to this just rekindled, like, so many memories just from freshman year of college. And um, musically, to me, uh, it's not their best. It is one of their best. Um, you know, listening to these... I know we're not talking about Sacrament right now, but, but listening to the album's you know, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I think that, yeah, yeah, you know, me now, the way I am at 33 years old, as opposed to me at 19, 20 years old, um, it's not as crazy awesome as I had originally thought it was, just comparing the two albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I'll, you know, we'll talk more about Sacrament later. Um, that being said, you know, the ba- the word I always use for this band and, these two albums, obviously, uh, pulverizing. They're a pulverizing band. Uh, yeah, word. the riffs, the drums, as you had mentioned, Jake, the guy is fucking amazing. Um, you know, the growling, grunting, screaming, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Lyrics, all in your face, and pulverizing band. Uh, and they still are today. You know, with their yeah. with their new stuff. You know, they haven't. They haven't deviated from their sound you know they've kept it consistent from beginning to now they've cleaned it up a little bit they're not as raw as they were on their first couple albums uh, i think but, production production value has, has well, production value improved. Yeah, their, definitely their yeah. musical talent they've continued to improve mm-hmm. and i i think this i think this bears uh it, it bears being stated uh since our very own sailor has brought this up this would make it's an interesting point because she mentioned on you know with Metallica that they they changed their sound and she felt that they should change their name. Well, Lamb of God changed their name when they had different band members, even though their sound necessarily didn't change much at all. They just kind of felt like we've got different guys 
let's even though the core you know three essentially have always been there yep for the most part uh you know they they changed their name without even changing their style. I think I think they've really, like you said, Matt, they they've stayed true to their style uh, since day one. They've just gotten better at it. Exactly. Yeah, they've grown without having to do something that they maybe they didn't want to do just for popularity sake or radio play sake. Um, they didn't, they, you know, some people have said they sold out, but they, to me, they are not a sellout band. They no. have stayed true to themselves from beginning to now. Well, and, and even, I mean, yeah, the, the feel of, uh, you know, the, the lyrics are, are in the same, uh, you know, the, they have the same feel as, as they always have. I mm-hmm. mean, it's very raw. It's very open discussion. You know, they, they express they express their opinion very, very openly and clearly. And they talk about a lot of, a lot of, uh, controversial topics, absolutely war, yeah. religion, uh, substance abuse. And, and I know that Ed, you might, you might come off on this side if, if, uh, if screaming, growling style of, uh, a vocalist isn't your thing, but I, I know a lot of friends that, that I have that, that don't care for this style of vocalist, they can't they can't make out the words you know within that mm-hmm. style of vocalist and i think maybe it's similar to you know a whiskey palate that can pull out notes after uh having that acquired taste i think i think it's similar in this style of music once you listen to that style of vocalist enough times you learn to understand i mean it's like clear english yeah. <laughs> after no. after a while i thought you were going to say you learned to tune it out <laughs> after a while but uh... <laughs> <laughs> no and unfortunately i think i think it is uh i mean I, I guess i can only speak for myself but if if there's a vocalist that i don't like then i can't get past it and i i just i either like him or i don't and it's it's and tough it's yeah um so, and I was going to ask you, Matt, uh, and Ed too, um, Matt, you made the point of like binging and, um, I'm the same way with podcasts. Are you guys that way? Like if you come across a podcast and they're on like episode 200 or whatever, but you really like it, do you go back to episode one and listen all the way through there? Uh, I haven't, guys... re- not, not podcasting. I haven't really no, done that. Not, no, not, not oh, as really? a rule. Oh no. man, I have to. I, I have mean, to. I have, <laughs> but that's, uh. More of an exception than a rule, for okay. me. I'm pretty obsessive compulsive in that. It, it, I almost, I almost don't listen to new podcasts sometimes because if if they're on like episode 300, I know I'm screwed if I like it because I will have to go back to episode one and listen sure. to every episode. Well, up to that point, <laughs> you know one one that I did do that with was one that we recently talked about was Please Excuse My Dead Aunt Sally. And that was because it really lent itself to, it was pretty attainable because the episodes are short and there wasn't a ton of them. So it was pretty easy to go back and, and catch up okay. within, a, you know, a couple of days. So that's when I did do it for that reason. When I got into, uh, I think I've mentioned uh, the Sofa King podcast. When I got in, in with them, I think they were on episode like 180 something and i just loved the episode and i was like damn it 
<laughs> here we here we go. I'm not gonna listen to anything else for the next you know week and a half at work, and just gonna listen to this all day every day until I'm completely caught up. <laughs> I will say I have I, to. one exception to that. I will say that the Drinking Darlings. I did binge listen to that, but just because of our hosts tie into that show. Yeah. So okay. I I did binge that one. Yeah, that's the only one well, that, I binged on podcast. Yeah, that one yeah. I didn't one I have to because I was with them from day one. So yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> So back on to Ash of the Week, since I do a perfect job of derailing us all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't even know where we left us. Screw it. Um, (laughs) This this album, I think, Matt, you were kind of making the point of of it's not their best album from uh, you know a music standpoint, Mm -hmm. but but I think the topics discussed in the songs um the creativity i think is exceptional on this album you know having the like the intro um the intro with omerita um what's uh gosh i'm blanking on somebody's there's a lot of interesting um interesting verbal sections of songs on this album they really use that format a couple of times and i it's interesting because it does it it very clearly expresses a view you know there's there's no making you know heads or tails you know if you're hearing a growl and you might hear it one way or the other or whatever when they when he speaks it very clearly his opinion is is clearly stated yeah exactly (laughs) um which i don't mind the speaking parts the speaking parts i think are actually kind of cool (laughs) i think I think uh, this album, um, Break You, that breakdown in Break in Break You might be my favorite breakdown of of any of their songs. When uh, it's that uh, you taught me hate, I'll teach you fear. fear. That whole section. Yep. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! I used to I used to cue that up when you know. Again, we talk about perfect workout music. When you need to hit that final set and and just you need that extra boost, man, you cue that section up right there and it just it pushes just, you oh, over. Oh my yeah. gosh, it gives you like adrenaline rush. Yeah. So there's a couple of songs on, on here that, that really do that well. One gun is a is a great song for that too. Uh, you know, again, I I brought up mention one of the one of my favorite things about this band is how they sequence their songs. Not that they sequence every song the same way but you can you can almost dial a watch that right around that 230 mark they're gonna they're gonna break into an awesome bridge breakdown section that's gonna that's gonna get your head banging absolutely <laughs> i'm gonna go back and check that 230 mark see if that's <laughs> so so as we as we were getting ready for for this and i was thinking of of you know some songs uh to, to suggest to, to add to put in the in the editing the post edit i was timing out the songs and that's i i i don't think i ever realized it before that it's right like right that just before three minute so mm-hmm. between 230 to 245 it's like and it's always about 30 to 45 seconds of you know serious breakdown before they get back into uh you know the regular sequencing of the song 
yeah. and it's pretty it's pretty consistent in a lot of the songs. Yeah, I mean, it's... most of their songs are consistently are consistent <laughs> length of you know time lengths too. I mean, you're looking yeah. between three and a half and five and a half minutes, so there's only like two minutes there. They're not overly long, and they're not really short. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe some of their kind of uh, um, some of their longer songs like Vigil or Descending, yeah. where they mm-hmm. where they have like a nice uh, instrumental in- intro and and then there's a awesome breakdown into that. And those songs might, you know, edge up to around five minutes. But for the most part, I, I think that they're, you know, right in that three and a half minute range. Yeah, yeah. there's only two five minute songs on Ashes of the Wake here. So on Ashes? Yeah. Which what are the two? Ashes of the Wake and Remorse for the Dead. Remorse yeah, is for awesome. the Dead. So final thoughts on Ashes? Um Solid album, one of their best, not the best. Okay. Of theirs, yeah. That that leaves a nice little open window for future yeah. discussion. And personal place <laughs> in my heart, though. It, it's one of those albums that you know where you were, who you were with when you heard it. Yep. Yep. Ed? Well, um, I remember probably the best song on here, Ashes the Wake. It's great because it doesn't have... Have growling in it. <laughs> so that, in my mind, gives this album a huge advantage, right there. Oh, but uh, yeah, oh, I, I just heard Omerita. When I remember, was that's a great song. Um, that's a great regardless song. of vocals. Um, oh, what's another one I remember? Laid to Rest. I think that's another. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Another that's, decent that's one. What, that's, that's a really good one too. I think. I think that's our most if it's at least top three of their most downloaded songs on or stream songs or whatever the term is on spotify is is laid to rest actually uh i think um laid to rest and omerita are both within like top five on spotify for for lamb of god mm-hmm. okay and i think these ones must be coming up because what i did was i kind of went in on um the music service I used went to Lama God and did shuffle their music. And I think it's kind of like immediately plays some of their more popular songs. It's all algorithm. Yeah. It's algorithm. Right. Yep. So okay. that's why those ones kind of rose to the top. And those are the ones I remember hearing. Okay. Well, it sounds like, uh, sounds like we definitely all are leaving very much an open door. I don't think there's, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't have a feel that I know what either of you are, are picking yet and to be honest you would think uh i mean i i picked this topic i'm i still at this point i still don't know which album i'm i'm going to pick i might i'm i have a coin in my pocket just in case <laughs> <laughs> so with that with with that said um matt should we move on i think we should move on to the second album of this battle. Uh, it's going to be tough to follow up an album like Ashes, but uh, let's see if their follow-up to that sacrament is up to the task. Uh, enjoyed that music. I, I know we did. Yes. 
so kicking off, what what are, I would love to hear what are some things because I listen to these two albums and, and I do hear I hear obviously similarities you know same band whatever mm-hmm. but but there's a big difference between these albums I think I think the uh, the the song the album structure I think there's there's more songs that I think maybe Ed you said this there's more memorable songs. Mm-hmm. on this album uh i mean right off the bat walk with me in hell yes it's that, like one. one of the mm-hmm. freaking greatest heavy metal songs that i've ever heard um but i feel like that that style where it's um the song structure is it's less simple i guess maybe maybe it, I don't know if I'm describing that properly. There's a lot of intro uh, instrumental that's going into just rip your face, you know, pulverizing. It's a little, it's that, a little more intricate. Great yeah. word. Yeah, sure. intricate. More intricate. Yeah, the songs, yeah. the songs are more intricate. I, yeah. I felt like there was a, a big growth in 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 musical technicality from Ashes to this out to Sacrament. Mm-hmm. Sonically, I would say it's definitely better. Um, I mean, for well, me, anyway. Matt, yeah. Matt, you're, Matt, you're crushing it with terms today. <laughs> What'd you say last week? The four four syllable words. <laughs> <laughs> you hope you would see some uh, yeah. a growth like that, um, one album after the next. Um, I know some people, I won't name names, don't want bands to change over time, but uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, ooh, that's that's another discussion. Yeah, they, um, I think, um, you know, we have talked about in episodes past, uh, subtlety of lyrics or lack thereof. Um, and I think that there is a lot, uh, less subtlety on this album than there is on Ashes. Uh, I I think the lyrics are definitely more in your face. Maybe not just yelling at you per se, like say, you know, a Slayer album, you know, as, as Jake (laughs) has said before. Um, but they are definitely getting their point across in on this album, and I fucking love it. I, I love this album. I, I, th- yeah. I felt like to that to that point yeah. on, on Ashes of the Wake. Um, the one the one topic that they're completely not subtle on is is war. Yeah. Uh, but everything else, I I do feel like there's a little there is more innuendo overall. Mm on ashes except for that one particular topic that they're very much kind of accentuate through you know verbal whatever Mm -hmm. on on this one yeah on on sacrament it's very much they lay i think they lay it out yeah this was actually when when i was first kind of really getting into to lamb of god and then i heard this album uh i really started to break down um where I kind of thought these guys were coming from, like what it really made me question, like how they grew up, you know, and how, Mm -hmm. how Randy might've grown up and, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, did he, I'm just gonna, did he go to like a Catholic school or, Mm -hmm. you know, it really made me think of those kind of things because, uh, aside from being very intelligently, um, written and, and thought out and, uh, it does. It it makes you really think. I think that's something I've always loved about this band is is the complexity and 
and, and the clear um, effort and thought that that goes into the lyrics. I would certainly agree with you on that. Ed, <laughs> what do you think about this album? <laughs> You're real awful quiet over there. Well, again, I I really didn't um, listen to these albums from front to back, um, but you know some of these the ones that stick out to me. Um, that I remember the walk with me in hell, like you, you mentioned that was a really outstanding, um, song on this album to me. Um, and again, uh, the, the song redneck, I remember that one, um, that I think was actually the first song of theirs I listened to. Um, what else is on here that I remember hearing? That's definitely Um, one of their more popular songs. Yeah. As well. Um, yeah, nothing other than that really stands out to me on this album, though, assuming I've heard anything else, which, you know, maybe I didn't. Yeah, I mean, even the the song, the titles of the songs themselves are pretty, are, they're not <laughs> subtle. I mean, foot to the throat, but, you know, pathetic. walk with me in hell, pathetic, again we rise. I mean, Black and the curses, you know, so, I mean, those first, I mean, the whole album is great, but I mean, those first six songs are just... Yeah. My God. <laughs> they make you drive a little bit more aggressive. Black and cursed son. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, I think Ed could have like uh utilized a sound bite of pathetic wasted and, and just basically inserted that for what I basically said through the whole Weird Al podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank God we're doing this one after. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, pathetic wasted soulless <laughs> that, was, that's, that was basically me that night yeah <laughs> oh boy um but yeah I, you know i i think as we're as we're talking about and and matt you're bringing up great points on on this album and i, I have a hard time and it seems like whenever i go to try to describe something matt you describe it back to my own thoughts back to me in a better more clear way mm. which really help, which really helps <laughs> i'm just happy we're on the same page <laughs> yeah but I, I do i feel like when you listen to these songs like the intro on again we rise mm-hmm. it's it's got a production value there where it's that oh yeah you know and there's that and then in pathetic they've got that chant section, section which yep. is i mean that's the kind of stuff that <clears throat> gets added into a song that make that that's elevates the song to song, the next yeah, level. I agree. And this this album is full of that. You know, like I said, where they utilized um spoken word on Ashes, mm-hmm. they utilized a lot of um other elements in their songs on yeah, this that, album. That extra production, that, just, that boisterous yeah. 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 <clears throat> I thought I hold give me a sec here. I, I think I had oh so I had another another quote that kind of maybe touches on some of our comments on here. And this is, uh, let's see here. This is John Campbell, who, who may, oh, John, oh, duh. John Campbell from Lamb of God. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> on, on Walk With Me in Hell says that Lamb of God is, and Matt, I think you'll really, you'll really enjoy this because mm. just in, in past episodes, what you've said that you've liked about, you know, some of your favorite bands. Um, so John Campbell on uh, describing the, the walk with me in hell DVD that 
you know, is, is about this album. Yeah. Lamb of God is a punk band that plays heavy metal. So right there, hmm. I think that's what shoots it right up your alley, Matt. Yeah. And, uh, the the topic goes on while chris adler refers to sacrament as a speed metal album burn the priest and early lamb of god has been called a fusion of thrash metal death metal and hardcore punk as well as grindcore and death metal for the hardcore kids (laughs) (laughs) and I, i i i pulled that that quote out because we've certainly had certainly sailor and i have butted heads all the time on you know genre classification yep. and it sure. gets in, it gets it, we belabor the point i know mm-hmm. i do and it's i i annoy myself when i go back and listen to the episodes i'm like why don't you just shut the hell up <laughs> to me <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 sure other people are saying that to me in their own vehicles as they're driving to work and listening to us but but it is there's there's different elements and different subgenres and and I think uh, I only bring that up to say that I think the greatest bands do utilize. I think they're the hardest to to pigeonhole. They're the hardest to put in a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 these guys are. They're tough to pigeonhole mm-hmm. because there's elements of all those subgenres and sub subgenres in their music. Yeah. So I mean, the punk <laughs> element links them to a band like Slayer because a yep. Slayer, yeah, you sure. know, is hardcore and the, and the punk influenced. Yeah. And the thrash, yeah, the, the groove metal, you know, and and I will say that's obviously something about about Slayer that you know has given them a, a you know a huge fan base and a long run, and you know I know that I I picked and picked and picked and whatever, but I will give that to them that they have they've done well to be at the apex of their genres for a long time. Yep, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. um. I will say where Lamb of God is is like Metallica for me. Now, like we said, they haven't necessarily changed their sound drastically like Metallica has yep. over the years. But just like Metallica, you can't just put them in a box. You can't you can't say oh they're just this or they're just that. They mix it up, and mm-hmm. it, it makes it makes every one of their albums uh, interesting front to back. You you don't necessarily get bored now. Depending on your mood, you might skip a song here or there, and then on another day you'll be in a different mood, and you might skip a different song and listen mm-hmm. to the song you skipped the day before, and that's awesome because, I mean, I still, I still listen to these albums. I mean, I still listen to Sacrament on a regular basis, and I think that's that's what makes this album and this band. Uh, you know, a step above so many others in their grouping is 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 their uh, their their range. Yeah, and they're still making music. You know, they've lasted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas a lot of bands that you can group with them, as I said before, they they came and they went. These guys mm-hmm. are still here. They're still making music, um, and they're still ki- killing it right now. There, you know, we yeah. didn't we didn't we didn't talk much about it, and you know, it's kind of past the point now. But we didn't talk about their newer. You know, uh, seven and uh, um, resolution. We didn't talk about those very much, but they're both great albums. Yeah, and you know, I'm just—it's more of a time thing. You know, these other albums are older. We've been, we've listened to them mm-hmm. more 
and we've had more memories with them. So aside from what we like about them musically, we also have more experience with them. You know, Ed, you're maybe have, have a different perspective on this, which is awesome sure. because you you kind of came into if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, you said that you had never really listened to Lamb of God before studying for this podcast, right? Right. Yeah, and um, you know, I unfortunately that's t- to my own disadvantage. But um, you know, I wish I would have listened to him sooner. Um, maybe you know, I could have developed a more of a an ear for them before before now. Uh, we'll see. Maybe I will going forward. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just feel like I'm unqualified to choose a better album because I don't have haven't you know I can't immediately you can't say okay talk about descending and I can't immediately think in my head you know what the song sounds like or whatever and yeah we're break down the nuances of the album. So I'm unfortunately going to have to uh, leave that decision to you guys. But, uh, um, but no, but, but yeah. you're, you know what though, your, uh, your perspective and your vote is, is equally interesting and, and equally valuable because, okay. you know, to approach something, you know, blindly, you know, you, you're, you're a blind tasting of Lamb of God. You don't have sure. emotion behind it. You yep. know, there's nothing behind it other than <laughs> you got a clean palate. You know, yeah, yeah, your actual and and we've come across this in, in past discussions where you know when when you maybe came across a band or an album when it was new, not new to you, but mm-hmm. when it was new and you were in that time frame, you were in that year, and uh, you were you're going to hear it differently, and oh, you're yeah. going to appreciate it on a different level than. Then somebody, you know, I, this was me with Kill 'Em All. I wasn't, and obviously, I wasn't listening to Kill 'Em All when I was zero years old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Your I mother wasn't, wasn't holding the, you know, the, the speakers up to the her, her, her be- stomach, her and... belly. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Sailor had a, a unique perspective. Um, her perspective was different than mine. On oh, that yeah. on that album, she listened to it when it was brand new. I didn't, so she had a whole memory base and an experience base that I didn't have. I, I listened to Kill 'Em All when I was like, I don't know, probably fifteen, the first time I heard that album. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Lamb of God, I heard all their albums when they were pretty much new. I mean, you know, within a three three year window of you know their their albums being released and and i heard them so they were new i mean i would consider that yeah new. sure yeah so and, it's fair to say that your perspective on lamb of god very much parallels sailor's perspective on metallica definitely from, ex, from an experience point of view that's, that's fair to, that's fair to say yeah no that's a great point that's yeah. a great point yep um and and i think that 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 can't go you know it can't go without without a you know point of of recognition that 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 will always come up when when you're discussing you know something you're passionate about is there's Mm -hmm. different levels and different facets to which you experience music Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally agree you know and and whiskey whiskey similarly you know you you crap crack crap you crack open (laughs) hopefully crack crack open crap crap. (laughs) you know you you crack open crack open a bottle (laughs) with a buddy on a special occasion it's always going to taste better it's always going to taste yeah. better. Absolutely. And, it's about uh, the people. I yeah, can't argue that, with that. That experience, yeah. 
definitely uh, influences your fl- you know how you're tasting it, and music's the same way. <clears throat> um, you know, if you saw a band, if you saw a band live, it's going to change the way that you feel about them. If they, if they, if you went to the, a live show and the show was awesome, you're going to have a certain love for that band that mm-hmm. somebody that didn't see them live maybe isn't going to have that same perspective. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I've probably told you guys before. I absolutely will not listen to live music if I wasn't at that concert. <laughs> I won't. Yeah, do that. no, I, I can it. understand yeah. that. <laughs> I can't. I just. Yeah, I can't assu- say assuming that. you that you did like the concert anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I can. I can. Maybe on a future uh, podcast, we'll discuss some of the concerts we've been to that made you dislike a band that you previously liked. I've, I've certainly well, yeah. had. There's, certainly a, there's had a few of those. those. Yeah. Oh my yep. Yeah. I know there are a couple <laughs> of. Uh, of albums I have that I bought specifically because I originally saw the the groups live that I probably wouldn't have bought otherwise. Yeah, there are those also. Yeah, yeah. I I've done I've done probably more, uh, maybe equal to um, like festivals as like individual concerts. Yep. So you know you get you get to experience a, a lot of different bands, and I certainly. I mean, I've even listened to bands recently where I'll go, what the hell did I like about that band? And then it's like, oh, yeah, I saw them in, you know, in 96 they were great festival life. in Ohio, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Sure. And now you're like, God, it's dated, but you know what? You had the memory and, and this and that. But to break it back or bring it back to Lamb of God, we need to pick a winner. Hmm. Can Indeed. I touch on can I touch on one thing before please, we pick a winner? Please do because I'm still just torn. Really I'm still quick. Torn. I'm still torn. Just really quick. Okay, so anybody any listeners out there, and I know Jake does, and I myself, we know that the singer Blythe has had his legal problems. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean I mean it, we're not talking about, you know, taking candy here. We're do we, you know do we want some to talk, serious problems. Do we want to talk about that real quick? Well, I just wanted to to just to touch on it. So, I mean, you guys can add in whatever you want to add in if if you wish. But um, for those who don't know, there was you know an incident at a concert where a fan jumped on stage, Blythe shoved him off the stage, and unfortunately, the fan died of his injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, the one thing I want, yeah, no, go ahead. It, no, I was just saying it's it's sad. It's sad. It's very that, sad. Though. It's very sad. I mean, on one hand, it's you can see maybe both sides. And you can you can side with either of them, and you can be angry with either. Side. Absolutely, it's, it's just you hate to see something like that happen again. And and you're talking at the time that this happened, and and this is the one thing I wanted to bring up. It it's taking place in a post Dimebag Daryl yeah. metal world. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I do not think there is a performer that's, today. Yeah, that's a great point. I don't think there great. is a performer today in that genre or maybe any genre that would not do the same exact thing that he did. Matt, um, I, Matt, I, when didn't, presented, I didn't even, I didn't even, yeah. I didn't even put that together until you just said that. And yeah, you're totally yeah. right. So I think <laughs> it is, it is tragic that, that the kid died. Um, and but it was in, I, and it was in Prague. It was in Prague, right? It was in the Czech, Re- yeah, the Czech yeah. Republic or Slovakia. I think one, one, one yeah, of so those. It's, so it's an international show at that. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but I, I I think that if we were in his position, and I think any, like I said, any performer faced with the same situation post Dimebag, I think they would have done the exact same thing. So that was just the point I wanted to make. Uh, as tragic as it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I agree right. with you there. And, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a sad note, uh, you know, a sad subtext in an, yeah, in an otherwise, footnote. Yeah. In, in an otherwise, you know, long career of, of great music with a great band. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, you know what, uh, there's been a lot of other musicians that have, uh, gone through tragedy and, uh, controversy and prison and everything else and and it's influenced their music in, in one way or another and mm-hmm. you know like i said i had listened to uh to seven um before i did the research for this and i i honestly i didn't i didn't realize that that blythe was writing most of the lyrics for that album while while in prison incarcerated yeah you know waiting waiting for judgment on that trial. So, yeah. I mean, that was a long process. They, they tried, they kind of tried to do a couple different hiatuses, but, you know, similar to, like I said, the, uh, the announcement for this year that, uh, you know, something would come up, a reunion show would come up, something would come up and they wouldn't be able to have the full hiatus. But, but anyways, back to the topic at hand, Ed, ashes of the weight or sacrament. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I'm going to have to, looking at the songs that I've listened to, I'm probably going to have to go with Ashes of the Wake. Oh, all Ooh. right. All right. Yeah. So, Matt? I'll, I'll make a decision. Uh, as, as personal <laughs> as the Ashes album is to me, I sent, re-listening. I, sent the, I sent this to you because I'm still not ready. <laughs> 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 no, that's fine. You're the, you're hosting. You should go that's last. Okay. Yeah. Um, re-listening to both of these over and over again. Um, man, I am digging on Sacrament. Sacrament is fucking awesome, so I got to go Sacrament. Okay, so you screwed yourself here, Jake. You've got to be the decider. <laughs> Damn it. Drum roll. <clears throat> oh, man. You know, I've I've gone back and forth on these two albums. For years, <clears throat> and I I think the the album that has long been my favorite uh, of Lamb of God, even though at times I've been you know gone through phases, the one album that's always been my favorite has been Sacrament. As as okay, much as then. this might this might be a similar situation like. With Metallica, where I said that Master of Puppets, I felt like was their best album, but Justice was my favorite. Sure. I might, I might, yeah. I might do a similar caveat here, where I think um, Ashes of the Wake might might be their best album, just for the the time period and, and certain topics at hand. Sacrament's my favorite. I think it is my favorite. So we have a winner. There it is. It's sacrament. Is our, sacrament. Is this in, in metal rock whiskey history? Is this our first non-unanimous winner? I, no. I can't. I don't know if we've have we had a non-unanimous. <clears throat> That's a good question. We have to. Well, I guess l- uh, listeners go back and listen yeah, to the old I, episodes. I know in our Metallica us. episodes, we. I, had I would some... love to hear you know here in our yeah. in our in our Facebook group. Maybe a listener could let we'll us know see. if which uh, which ones are not unanimous but i know i mean this was a tough one this was certainly yeah. a tough one Ugh. 
but there it is. All right. Matt? We're going to talk about some favorites? Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so what's everyone digging on now? Bands, podcasts, television? Ed? What do we got? For me, it's been uh, Lamb of God new, preparing for this show. Ed, what's new in the world of tech news? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right now everybody pretty much hates Facebook. But uh, oh, yeah. that's another story. Facebook, <laughs> Facebook and PayPal. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, seriously, um, Lamb of God. Like I said, I've been... Uh, you know, I, I don't want to re- rehash everything I've already said anyway. But, uh, yeah, just getting familiar with the band and and I'm um, listening to that. Well, how about you, Matt? Yep. Well, I mentioned TV when I brought this up because I'm going to go the TV route. Oh, nice. change it up All a little right. bit. So one of my, maybe my all-time favorite show, which ended, came back, and now is probably ending again. Uh, and that would be the X Files. Um, so okay. a couple weeks ago, they aired their finale, and I was extremely disappointed. But that being said, it may come back. It might not. Uh, another show that I really dig uh, is entering its final season. That's The Americans on oh, FX. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, for listeners not familiar with that, it's about um, you know covert Soviet spies who are living in the U.S. during the height of the Cold War in the eighties. Um, and doing all the spy things that you think that they would do with, with, um, the, front, so, with the front of being just a regular American with the family. front of being a regular American family <laughs> and, you know, an FBI agent who specializes in trying to find Soviet <laughs> spies door. moves across the street. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's really edgier seat stuff and they're entering their final season. So, um, I would definitely recommend checking that out. If you have, if you guys haven't watched that yet, I watched the first two seasons and then, uh, and then realized that, I was just going to wait until it was done and just mm-hmm. binge all the rest. So I'm like, I did the first two seasons years ago and just stopped and was like, I'm just going to wait, buy them all on DVD kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then X-Files, I loved the original X-Files. Did you watch uh, Fringe? I have not watched Fringe, no. If you like X-Files, you're going to love Fringe. You should go back and watch those. It's a that's It's right up that alley. I will check Super it out. Super good, yeah. Yep. Um, I, I'm kind of on the same boat as Ed. Uh, I was uh, for the past, you know, week or so. As soon as as soon as we threw out there that it was going to be the Jake over, I just delved right into Lamb of God, and it's pretty much. I mean, I listen to my normal my normal lineup of podcasts, but it's been it's been a lot of a lot of Lamb of God, and it's been it's been awesome to get back and. And not not that it's really been that long ago that I listened to the al- these albums, but yeah, kind of sim- similar boat as uh, as as Ed there. All right. Well, as always, we appreciate all of our listeners, and thank you for joining us for this episode, and hope that you will join us for the next one in another week, Matt. And to all of you out there, our fellow Metal Rock and Whiskey Obsessors, we value your opinions and your feedback. Please, as always, find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. Send us your love, your likes, and please share any thoughts, reviews, any questions you have for us, suggestions, concerns, or comments about the show. 
Please feel free to do the same on our Facebook page. Search Metal Rock and Whiskey and ask to join the group to continue discussions, participate in weekly polls, and sound off on the show in general. Find us on YouTube and please subscribe on iTunes. Give us a review. Do not be a dick. Give us that five-star rating, please. Even though I just called you a dick, please give us that five-star rating. (laughs) (laughs) You can also follow us individually on Instagram. You can find yours truly at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. Ed, where can they find you? Find me on Instagram at Bourbon Geek. Jake? You can find our good friend uh, Sailor on Instagram at Sailor Retro. And uh, I think I think we should, uh, on three, say what Sailor would normally say at this point. One, two, three. Fuck, Fuck you, you, Lars. Lars. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys... We really appreciate your support. Uh, certainly, this podcast is a is a passion of ours, and hopefully, you guys enjoy it as well. Uh, please support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Metal Rock Whiskey. You can also find the link in our Facebook and Instagram. Uh, thank you so much, Ed, for editing these episodes to make them sound even listenable. Thank you, Ed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably should just edit me out of most of them. <laughs> <laughs> but guys it's been a, a ton of fun um you know this was a, a huge fun for me to be able to pick one of my favorite bands of all time to talk about uh sailor thanks for being busy with whatever you're doing whether you're at a furry convention became a mormon or uh or what was the other one uh it was paying uh, homage to axel rose at his Rose's gala yeah. gala yeah <laughs> But guys, uh, my glass is empty. It's time to go. Everybody tip your waitress. We're out. Later, everyone. See you. <laughs>